We'll be in the book of Ephesians tonight as we are continuing on through uh, the book, Planning Your Life God's Way, Practical Help from the Bible for Making Decisions by our, our missionary, Dr. Tim Barry. He is a missionary in the Philippines doing a great work over there. And uh, he's specifically involved in the Bible college uh, that is sending out missionaries. I'll tell you what, if America drops the ball, uh, the Philippines are going to run with it. They are sending out missionaries uh, uh, just one right, out of the, uh, one right after the other. And it makes me think of England. You know, the, the United Kingdom used to be the missionary hub of the world. That's where the missionaries came from. And now it's, the torch kind of got passed to America. And if we're not careful, uh, the Philippines are going to snag that torch and run off with it. I'm okay with them having missionaries. I just don't want us to stop. But God's doing something there in Dr. Barry's ministry. I'll be praying for him and, and uh, the Philippines in general. Just a, a, great, a great open door there. But this book, Planning Your Life God's Way, has been a help to me. And I trust it will be to you as well. We're looking at chapter 3 tonight which is uh, maximizing your life. Talking about maximizing your life. So we'll be, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> and we'll look at verses 14 through 18. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise uh, wherefore, uh, sorry, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, this is a, a great passage of Scripture that helps us in regards to knowing God's will and how to find God's will, how to plan our life God's way. Lord, help us as we look at your word and make some applications from it. Lord, I pray that we'd have a heart to know your will and that our life will be planned according to your plan, not our plan. Lord, that's where we get frustrated when my plan conflicts with your plan. Lord, help us to yield to your will in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes things can get frustrating when you want it to turn out a certain way and it doesn't happen that way. Uh, you keep trying the same thing, it doesn't work. Don't they say that's the, the definition of insanity, something like that? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. Every year, Liberty Road, where I live, floods at least once, if not twice. Uh, Andrew knows because he comes to work out and sometimes he has to go the long way, all the way around, because they block the road. And uh, Liberty Road's a good long road, and it only floods at one small little spot where the swamp uh, rises. It's a low part. I think the road actually sinks into the swamp every year. They have to add more to it. Uh, so it just keeps getting eaten by the swamp. But the swamp comes over it, and it floods. So all the way at the end, they put a sign with a detour. And all the way at the front, they put a sign with a detour. And it's amazing how many people and I've done it too, okay. Uh, you say, you know, it says detour, but I don't see anything. And you look all the way down, you can't see the blockade, you can't see anything. It's got to be an old sign. I'm just going to go check it out. Now, our house is right by the swamp, so anybody who passes that detour sign, we get to see them. 
and it's one right after the other. The sign is big and orange, and it doesn't stop them. Here they come past the sign, right up to the blockade. Yep, it's closed. <laughs> back it up, turn around, three-point turn or whatever. Back they go, one right after the next. And, and uh, uh, you, you know, it, it says detour. It, it, it says it's not going to work, but I, I got to check it out. And I think that's how our lives go oftentimes. Uh, there are signs. God gives us signs. God's directing. He's trying to help us out. Go this way. That's not going to work. That road's closed. Uh, you know, Lord, but this is the shortcut. I, I like going this way. Let me just check it out. And uh, I've done it before, and I know how frustrating that is because you go all the way down. Liberty Road's a long road. You go all the way down just to get to the blockade, just to go back, just to go all the way around the long way. Talk about frustration and waste of time. And one of the things that Dr. Barry is trying to uh, help us with in chapter 3 here is how we cannot waste our time and waste our lives. And a lot of the time wasting, a lot of the, of the waste of a life happens when we continually push toward our own way. When God is giving us signs, He's trying to direct. He's trying to save us time. Hey, don't go that way. That's going to cost you time. Go this way. It's faster. It looks like it's longer, but it's actually faster. Nah, Lord, I know that the, it'll be open. I'm sure it is. And we have to find out the, whole, the hard way. Ephesians 5 helps us to know that if we're going to redeem the time, we have to understand what the will of the Lord is. The days are evil, uh, meaning time is against us. Time is not on our side. We don't know how long we have in this bubble of freedom that, that we have to preach the gospel openly and and we're doing unprecedented things. My, my sermon is being live-streamed, and it's not just accessible right now in America. It's accessible all over the world. Uh, these are things that uh, a lot of the, our, our, our forefathers of the faith uh, couldn't have conceived of. The days are against us, though. We've got to know His will, and we've got to be pursuing it with our whole hearts. We've got to maximize our life. So how are we going to do this? Well, we've got to look at the first admonition of Ephesians 5, which is, uh, just simply put, don't be foolish. All right, verse 17 again. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be ye not unwise is a nice way of saying, don't be a fool. Okay, don't be foolish. Now, verse 15 also talks about uh, wisdom and in verse 15 it's referring to someone who has received insight into known facts all right verse 15 see that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise uh, the word wisdom is the idea of having received in insight into certain known facts verse 16 therefore because of those facts we're going to redeem the time We've learned certain things and we're acting upon it. Then verse 17, you also have the idea of wisdom. It only says, be not unwise. But this is actually a different word in the Greek, a little different nuance. It does not refer to someone who has no insight. This word in verse 17 refers to someone who is failing to use the insight that they already have. All right? This is referring to someone who is failing to use the insight that they already have. And that is what we would call 
foolish. It's foolish. You've been given everything you need. So I'm driving down my road. I want to go home. I'm hungry, and I see the sign. Road closed. Go the long way. And Ah, come on. I'm sure that water's receded by now. I won't tell you how many times this has happened, okay? It might have happened a couple of times. It hasn't rained in ages. I'm sure the swamp has gone down. I'm sure they've taken the blockade out. I could save myself some time. Yeah, we'll go check it out. <laughs> Drive past the sign, and it's blocked. Got to go back all the way, around the long way, and it is foolish. I, I, I didn't have uh, a shortage of facts. I had all the facts. I had all the insight that I needed, but I failed to use the insight that I had, and that is foolish, and that's how we waste time. That's how we waste our life. Uh, so many of us have been given so much. Just the fact that you're here tonight with a Bible in your lap or on your phone, whatever the case may be, just as long as it's the Bible on that phone now, okay? Uh, we are so blessed. We have so much at our disposal. Uh, I, I, I'm amazed when I study for my sermons how uh, I can do quick searches through commentaries and books and, and the computer just brings everything to me and I think, Boy, D.L. Moody and Charles Spurgeon, those guys had to work to put a sermon together. If I want certain facts, I, I can find them in five minutes. I have the software. It does the search. We get it all together. Uh, we have so much. It is, so when we are not hitting the mark, it's not because we didn't have the insight. For us, folks, it's because we failed to act upon the insight that we already had. So number one, don't be foolish but secondly <clears throat> if we're going to maximize our life apply scripture to your life apply scripture to your life this sounds so basic but some of the most basic things we fail to do unfortunately so <clears throat> um, rather than be foolish a believer is to understand what the will of the lord is that's what it says but understanding what the will of the Lord is. <clears throat> the will of the Lord, God's will, is, is mentioned five times in the book of Ephesians. In chapter 1, verse 1, uh, it talks about the fact that it was God's will for him to be an apostle. Uh, verse 5 uh, talks about God's will for adoption and God's will to, for us to have his inheritance. And then verse 9, it's God's will for us to be in submission to Christ's lordship. Chapter 6, it's God's will for servants to obey their masters, uh, and that applies to us today. We, we are employees, and we have employers, employees, and, and we, should, we should obey. We should be, be good employees. Uh, so God spells out His will, his will <clears throat> um, in, in, in a number of regards. But I want to read you this paraphrase that Dr. Barry gives us on page 43 of the book. Uh, paraphrasing verse 17 would look something like this. Do not foolishly fail to apply the insight into God's plan that you have. Rather, make application of Scripture to your life circumstances until, until Scripture challenges your thinking and practice. Uh, we need to apply God's will and apply the Scripture uh, until it is making a difference in our lives. This, this, this requires discernment. How do we apply Scripture without discernment? Well, you don't. 
Well, you have to have discernment. Uh, as, as I look at my kids, sometimes they say things. I say, ooh, <laughs> that wasn't very discerning. Uh, well, they're young. They're still growing. They're still maturing. And as Christians, we are maturing. And we need to pray for discernment and pray, God, help me to know how to apply your word. Ephesians 5 <clears throat> says, understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's not just a, a understanding about it, but you're beginning to realize what the will of the Lord is as you're applying scripture. And we're going to get into more of the specifics of this later. Uh, but but uh, God is, begins to reveal what his will is to our life. Um, when we lack discernment, we miss God's will. His word will help us, and his word is meant to be applied. Now, the next heading here is simple, how not to waste your life. All right, back to Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, we'll be there for pretty much the whole thing. How not to waste your life. <clears throat> Again, see that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Uh, Brother Barry says this, you will waste your time and ultimately your life if you do not discern how Scripture applies to you. We're often experts on how it applies to others or general truths, but when it comes to wearing that application ourselves, oh, we have a harder time with that. <clears throat> Psalm 25 helps us with this. Verse 4 and 5. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. And then Psalm 119, verse 59. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Now look at that. He said, I'm looking at my way, but when I considered your testimonies, I recognized I needed to turn my feet. Well, that's huge. That, that means he's, he's got a directional shift. He thinks he's going a good way. It seems to make sense, but as he is meditating on the testimonies, I'm going to have to bring it into, into line with the testimonies of God. Folks, if you want God's will in your life, if you want to plan your life God's way, you've got to learn how to apply Scripture personally and specifically. Every Scripture needs to land somewhere practically in your life. Uh, you know, what does it mean when God says, I will set my, no wicked thing before mine eyes? That's not just some great idea or concept that needs to actually flesh itself out with how, the standards of what you will view, what you will not view, and so forth. So he's saying, I will think on my ways, and I will think on your testimonies, and when my ways don't match up with your testimonies, I'll, I'll make an adjustment on my direction. And again, back to verse 4. <clears throat> Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me. Teach me. Thou art the God of my salvation and he is waiting on God. There's no way someone who is praying for God's direction, God's teaching, God's guidance, and, and he's waiting on God, there's no way that person misses God's will, that God holds out on that person. No. God will show them. 
So how not to waste your life? Uh, recognize that you will waste your time and you will waste your life if you do not discern how the Scripture applies to you. You've got to learn to apply the Scripture. And it will make you wiser than your enemies. Uh, Psalm 119.97 <clears throat> shows us that applying the Scripture will make one wiser than one's enemies. Oh, how I love thy law. <clears throat> it is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. What are ever with me? The enemies? Uh, the, the law. The enemies too, probably. <laughs> enemies are all, there's always an enemy somewhere. But he's saying, I've got your law, your testimony with me always, and I'm constantly meditating on it. And, and you're giving me wisdom. I'm able to be one step ahead of those who are opposing me and, and trying to bring me down. The enemies of God. I'll tell you, folks, if there's a day we need to be wiser than our enemies, it's now. Where are we going to get this wisdom? How are we going to stay ahead of evil and to have discernment? Well, according to this passage, it's going to happen in large part based on what we are meditating on, what we're choosing to meditate on. Now, this year has been <clears throat> so difficult for me to figure out which streams of communication were reliable and trustworthy and which ones were not. Did anybody else have any issue with that? Uh, I mean, I tell you, there, there, there have been people who have felt, this is my go-to guy. Uh, this guy's not going to leave me wrong. And then I said, well, that didn't sound quite right. That didn't add up. And th this got contradicted. And wait, 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 wait. And, and so much is swirling around. Uh, and now, folks, as we look back, a lot of things that have been swirling were, were completely lies. And many of us, just to get real practical for a second, you know, a lot of us have been very, very upset with the censorship that's been happening through big tech right and not just censorship but then the mainstream media so they shut down uh vo certain voices and then uh they they only give you a certain thing only hear this only hear this and that upsets us and, and there's lies and there's propaganda and all of this but you know what folks that's not been the only problem that we've had shock of shocks so you have this going on over here with censorship and and, and uh, just see this, propaganda. Then you have on the other side so many streams of I don't know what. That, uh, so <laughs> we're not censored, brother, I'll tell you that. Over here, we're, we're saying whatever we want to say. And we're, we're conflicting each other and things are being disproven. And, and uh, some, there's some real credibility issues over on the other side. And uh, big tech says, if you would have just let us censor you and tell you what to believe, it would have all been okay. <laughs> no, no thanks, no thanks. I still don't want that. I still would rather figure it out on my own uh, than be told what I have to believe from some mainstream media. Mainstream media. But anyway, I'll say this. My eyes have been just opened again how, uh, especially this year as it has played out, uh, the only source of truth that has been dependable for me is the one on this lectern in front of me. 
has been the Word of God. And I, I don't know which way is up when I listen to podcasts and news and whatever else. But I know which way is up when I'm looking at this. And it is calming and it gives direction and it puts my, it constantly uh, it keeps my, my, my motives in check and holds me accountable. And I need that because, boy, I can get off here and get off there. How did David keep his head above water with all that he went through? Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. We need to be careful what we are meditating on all day long. There have been a couple of days I got sucked in and just my meditation all day long was, was various voices. And you know what? Those days have been darker days. Those days rarely ever led me to hope and, and, and faith. But I came in here tonight, sat down in the front row, and we sang of Jesus. We sang, fill all my vision. I was so, so just happy. Be thou my vision, that whole, that whole song we sang. Uh, I don't care what happened today, what happened in, in this year, or what happened in 2020. Uh, I, I tell you, peace is real, and it comes in Jesus Christ. And David knew how to find it because it's found in him. You want wisdom? You've got to know where to get it. David knew where to get it. And it will make you wiser than your enemies rather than discredited by your enemies and written off. Uh, secondly, though, wisdom... Uh, <clears throat> wisdom is uh, you'll, you'll, you can have, when you apply scripture, you'll be wiser than, than your enemies, but also you'll have wisdom beyond your years. Psalm 119.99, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. You know, there have been, oh, there, there is, I'll just say it this way, there is, uh, I got the wrong, I'll say it this way. There are several people right now who have a lot of egg on their face. And several are ancient and, and ha have credentials as far as things that were predicted and did not happen or, or whatever. Uh, you know, it's encouraging to me that the Scripture says you don't have to have all the years you don't have to have all the experience. You don't have to have all the credentials. But if you'll apply the wisdom in your lap that's in that book, you can come out of it wiser than some of the ancients. Ahead of the game. Wisdom beyond your years. And this is not meaning to be disrespectful of those who are older. The Bible is so clear. You honor, as it says, the hoary head, okay, the gray hair. Uh, we, we ought to honor those who have more experience than us and listen to them. But he's just saying, you listen to the Word and you'll, be, you'll have wisdom beyond your years. So you apply the Word, you can be wiser than your enemies. You apply the Word, you'll have wisdom beyond your years. Apply the Word, you'll have wisdom to hate evil. Wisdom to hate evil. Psalm 119-101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. He was having his taste buds realigned. 
I'm trying to do that with my kids. There are certain taste buds that need some work in our house. Uh, not everything is supposed to taste like a candy cane. You know, there's broccoli and there's Brussels sprouts, and they are God's candy. Amen? Uh, my kids don't necessarily agree with that. I tell them, if it's on your plate, you're eating it. And so we get through it. But it's great when, when uh, you ever have something that you didn't like and all of a sudden you liked it? Like my wife and I, the first time we went out to an authentic Mexican restaurant and had the real Mexican food, there's this taste we'd never had before. It's called cilantro. I know I, I, we had never had it. Uh, and we we're both like, what is this? But we asked the guy, hey, what, what is this? And he tells us cilantro. I don't know about this. this I, I don't know if I can do this. Now we do it all the time. I love it. What is Mexican food without cilantro? Uh, sometimes your tastes have to get realigned. And, and how, he, he says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste as he refrained his feet from every evil way and dove into his walk with God, he found, I don't have a taste for that anymore. I have a taste for this. And I hate every false way. As you apply his word, as you taste it, you'll love it more and you'll hate sin more. And oh, that's a win-win right there. Do you love his word? Is it sweet? So there's wisdom to hate evil, but also there's wisdom for the path ahead. As we apply the scripture, he gives us wisdom for the path ahead. Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's amazing how God takes care of us through his word as we walk with him, as we refrain from sin. Many times we can't find God's will. The path ahead seems so cluttered because of the junk that we have brought on the path. And if we would just heed the word and apply the word that is right in front of us, it will keep the way clearer and his word will shine that light to our feet. In the book, he gives an illustration of Nehemiah, of all things. We've been going through Nehemiah for a whole year, and he pops up again. And uh, Dr. Barry just points out that Nehemiah taught the people how to personally apply the word. That was a great point. Uh, He says that uh, in Nehemiah 9 and 10, uh, the law was read, and then it was applied, and they said, so the, the law had been given by Moses, but they applied it to themselves personally when they said, we will not give our sons and daughters to the peoples of the land. Now, this was more than just the exact command. They were making an application from that command to their situation. And, and it goes on. They said, we're not going to intermarry with the people of the land. And uh, then they also saw that the law forbade that they work on the Sabbath. So what are they going to do about that? Well, they inferred that that meant no buying or selling. You remember that? Nehemiah 13, that was an interesting passage as he dealt with that. Uh, So this was an application of that principle. It says don't work. I didn't say buy or sell. I didn't say buy or sell. No, we have to, everything has to land somewhere, right? And he says, it says don't work on the Sabbath. We're going to define that as buying and selling. And so they made an application, right? And they covenanted, covenanted together to keep the Sabbath they also uh, made a, a covenant to, uh, according to the law, the law specified that a fire must be kept at all times on the bronze altar. So what they do? 
they set up this responsibility and ensured that there would be a compliance, a, a, a system that would comply uh, with that law. And they summarized their, their burden with these words, we will not neglect the house of our God. Now, no command is found like that. That's the application of the command. And so all the way through <clears throat> is their personalized application of the Pentateuch, God's law. So the point is this, that they found God's will in his law and meditated on it in order to make application to their day. Until it changed, it changed their thinking and their behavior as well. Uh, this is something that many Christians stop short of. We, we know the Scripture, we teach the Scripture, and, and we feel close to the Scripture, but again, where has it landed in your life? How is it affecting the practical things you do or do not do? This is part of finding God's will, folks. Uh, it, it is part of walking with God. Uh, really, finding God's will is not so hard. It's, it's walking with God that seems to uh, make it difficult. So the final point here, and we'll, we'll be done. Uh, how not to waste your life, or how to not waste your life. Ephesians 5, 15 unlocks the key. <clears throat> and uh, Dr. Barry says this, you will waste your time and ultimately your life if you do not discern how Scripture applies to you. You will waste your time and you will waste your life if you do not discern how Scripture applies to you. Uh, and I think I missed another one. Oh yeah, he had another quote I wanted to give as well. Uh, the surest way to waste your life is to fail to apply the Word of God to it. There it is. You will not know what opportunities are from God or how to seize those you have. The surest way to waste your life. Um, there was a pastor's wife who wanted to surprise her husband, pastor. And he was going to be away for a while. And she had always thought that as she looked at his, his bookshelves in his office, it just looked so hodgepodge. Small book, big book, black book, red book, thin, skinny book, wide book. She says, I'm going to surprise him while he's gone. I'm going to make it look beautiful. She took every book down off of the shelves, all the blacks together, the reds together, the, you know, blue, everything, the thick ones, the big ones. It, it just was, it was so orderly, so symmetrical, so aesthetically pleasing. And when he came back, she said, surprise! Only problem was he already had it organized. It was all organized by a totally different system of organization. And so that was a real surprise. It was a horrifying surprise. Uh, as, as that would mean now, not only did all of her work, and that would have been a lot of work, that was all wasted, but now he has to go put it all back. Wasted time. And folks, isn't that not our lives sometimes? When we have an idea that seems like a great idea. Like, what is there not to like about this? All the big ones go with the big ones. All the, the you know, small and skinny with the small and skinny. We'll make all these books look beautiful. It looks great, except it's not the plan. 
But with a couple of questions, a little bit of research, you can find out what the plan is. God has a plan. He's got it figured out. There's a reason for what He's doing. And, and, and if we want to not waste our time and ultimately waste our life, our most precious commodity, we need to be in touch with His plan. And the best way to do that is to know the Word and apply it. The surest way to waste your life is to fail to apply the Word of God to you, uh, 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 Word of God uh, to your life. You'll not know what opportunities are from God or how to seize those you do have. And I'll give that other one again that he, he gave. You will, you will waste your life on the altar of unapplied Scripture if you do not heed Paul's admonition in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Uh, Joshua said it this way, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. God does not want us to waste our life. He does not want us to waste our time. He wants us to be successful. There it is. Good success. It's His plan. Prosperous. It's His plan. It happens as we know His will through His Word. We learn how to apply His Word to our lives. Lord, help us, I pray, to be good students of the Word, to meditate on Your Word, and to have a heart of discernment to apply it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.